Tonight, Mr. John Garfield stars in Let Me Do the Talking from Studio One at CBS. Look, Duckling, forget this famous stuff. That's what's wrong with all you kids. You want everything. How about wanting nothing? A girl who doesn't want to be a movie star, who doesn't want a husband, doesn't want money. You'll set a new standard for American women. A girl who doesn't want anything. And I'll be your agent for free. With a moment from Let Me Do the Talking by Richard Malin, we invite you to Studio One, a full hour of dramatic entertainment from radio's most celebrated playhouse. And now to introduce tonight's great story, here is the director of Studio One, Fletcher Markle. Just for a moment, let me do the talking about Richard Malin's new novel of the same name, which is tonight's story. It's a behind-the-scenes, inside-the-agent portrait of the literary business, air-conditioned for Studio One by Vincent McConnor. And its main concern is a young man who came to be known as the Agent Gabriel. However, Mr. Charles Gabriel Batchelor, who moves with the speed of light through publishing and promotional circles, is better off introducing himself. And you'll hear from him in just a moment. Mr. John Garfield, who is the first of a series of Hollywood stars to appear on Studio One, and who is impersonating the Agent Gabriel tonight, needs no introduction whatsoever. All the way from his first appearances with Broadway's group theater to his current appearances in the films Body and Soul and Gentleman's Agreement, Mr. Garfield's distinctive talents have been self-explanatory. Principally involved also tonight are Mercedes McCambridge as Bridget, Hedley Rennie as Nathaniel, and Raymond Edward Johnson as Drew Dorfield. Please to begin. John Garfield stars in Fletcher Markle's production of Let Me Do the Talking by Richard Malin. Think 125 grand is enough for Termaline? Now look, Gabriel. Wait a minute. Let me do the talking. Hemingway got 150 for his last one, and that was when prices were lower. But Gabriel, this book is today's number one bestseller today, not 10 years ago. All right, Gabriel. What's your price? I'm not setting a price yet. What's your offer? I have to check with the Hollywood office and phone you back. You do that. Uh, Mr. Gabriel, it's 6:30. I know, Sarah. Uh, where's that contract for Doubleday? Here it is. Just finished typing it. Uh, tuck it in my briefcase, will you? I'll check it over in bed tonight. What about all these manuscripts? Put them in, too. Well, what'll I do with this one by Miss Folger? Which one is that? It's a lady from Colorado Springs who writes about life and love in old New England. Oh, yes, that. Uh, send it back to her with a letter. Keep on writing, but uh, write about things she knows about. If she's ever in New York, which I trust is most unlikely... Uh, drop her, tell her to drop in and have a chat with me and uh, scribble, scribble, scribble. You know you, you know what to tell her. Uh, you're going straight to Mr. Dorfield's party? As the crow flies. Am I light now? Where's my hat? Which hat do you want tonight? Your Homburg or the light gray? My mood is one of disinterested detachment. Oh, that's the brown felt. Right, the brown felt. Here you are. May I go now? Good night, Mr. Gabriel. Good night, duckling. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, hello. Hello. You know, uh, <laughs> this is why I like parties. Why? Sometimes, well, something always happens. Somebody has a fight or somebody spills information that I've been trying to find out or I meet somebody like you. Uh, what was it you wanted to ask me? 
Could you tell me over there? Isn't that Mr. Dorfield, the novelist? Drew Dorfield in the flesh. Tell me you want his autograph. I just wanted to know if it was he. Drew Dorfield, author of the nation's top bestseller, Termaline. Have you read it? Not yet. There are probably only two people in this crowd who've read it. The author and me. I've read it because I'm his agent. Uh, what'd you say your name is? Barbara Jean Mudge. Barbara Jean Mudge. And you're from Middletown, Ohio? Galena, Illinois. That's what I said. Well, everybody having a good time? Oh, there you are, Gabriel. I've got to talk to you. Hello, Drew. This young lady wants to know if it's really you. Of course it's me. Uh-huh. Leave it to Agent Gabriel to find the prettiest girl in the entire room. Thank you. Uh, look, Gabriel, uh, I've, uh, I've got to make like a host for another ten minutes. Why don't you two go someplace quiet? Uh, how about that uh, Russian restaurant next door? I'll join you there. Shall we do that, Duckling? If you wish. Good. Meet you in ten minutes. What'd you say your name is? Barbara Jean. Much, I remember. Why do we take this cab? I thought Mr. Dorfield said he'd meet us someplace next door. He'd be very foolish to do what Mr. Dorfield says. Drew's my client, but he's not a man to be trusted, not with a girl. No? He's married and has four children, one of them about your age. Dorfield's old enough not to, not to want to treat you like a father or a brother. You say you're from Middletown, Ohio? Galena, Illinois. And you're in New York because you want to be an actress. How did you know? I always know. In fact, I could tell you quite a lot about yourself. You live in a quiet hotel for women only. The Three Arts Club. When somebody takes you to 21 or to the store club, you write home about it. But more often, you eat at a cafeteria alone. Am I boring you? Oh, no. I'm glad to hear that, Duckling. It's wonderful to talk to a girl who listens. Here we are. My uh, favorite hideaway, Joe and Rogers. Romance and ravioli. <laughs> How's your dye cream? It has little pieces of ice in it. That's the way it's supposed to be. We'll order food later. Promosquito and uh, melon and maybe uh, some veal chops uh, parmigiano. I don't even know what they are. Well, it's about time you did. What about Mr. Dorfield? Won't he be worried when he can't find us? Who cares? Playing tricks on Drew Dorfield is one of life's little compensations. Harmless tricks, of course. You said you're Mr. Dorfield's agent. That's right. Never knew a literary agent. What do you do? <laughs> well, never ask a man to tell you about his business. Oh, I'm sorry. Suppose he's a broker or a stamp collector. You'd let yourself in for a half hour of boredom. Did someone advise you to ask that question of a man? No. Why? I just wanted to be sure. For a moment, I thought you were going to pull that one about, I must meet such interesting people in my work. I'm glad you didn't say it. I'm glad that I'm entirely a new thing to you. Are <laughs> uh, you sure you want to know what a literary agent does? You're not just trying to intrigue me. Who's that man? What man? Near the bar, he's been watching us ever since we came in. Oh, that wolf. Hello, Tony. That's uh, Anthony Code, one of my clients. Used to be a foreign correspondent. Now he talks on the radio and writes a book every year. I've heard of him. Barbara Jean Mudge of uh, Chili Cloth, Ohio. I've heard of... Uh, has heard of Anthony Code. Has she read any of his books? No, I haven't. Publicity has made Anthony Code famous. Publicity, nothing else. He's a celebrity, and so... Barbara Jean Mudge of Chillicloth, Ohio, would like to meet him. You keep saying I'm from Ohio. I'm from Illinois. I beg your pardon. Don't tell me you're from Chicago, Illinois. You're not feverish enough. Galena, Illinois. Barbara Jean, are you happy in your career? Oh, well, I... Is there anything that could be done for you by one who knows anybody who has some influence? Oh, well, I, I don't... Are you in love? Do you want to be in love? And what are you doing at Drew, uh, at Drew Dorfield's party? Oh, I just happen to be passing. Passing where? In the hall. In the hall? I go to a dramatic school on the same floor. 
I was on my way home, and a crowd of people got off the elevator and sort of swept me into Mr. Dorfield's studio. You know what, Barbara Jean Mudge? What? I like you. I'm glad. I'm going to be agent for free, too. No commission, just for... Let me see now. What would you like to be, a glamour girl, researcher for Time magazine, or would you rather be a fashion... I want to be an actress. Of course, I forgot. Like Helen Hayes, if it's not asking too much. I don't think you'll be Helen Hayes for a long time. Oh, I don't expect to be famous immediately. I'm glad to hear it. You know, there are two things wrong with you. Yes? First, you don't really care whether you're an actress or not. But I do. You just want to be famous. That's all famous. Well, that's easy. Take a gun and shoot me. Or go over and sit on Tony Code's lap. You'll be famous. Look, duckling. Forget this famous stuff. That's what's wrong with all you kids. You want everything. I'm wanting nothing. That's it. What a beautiful idea. The girl who doesn't want to be a movie star, doesn't want a husband, doesn't want money. You'll set a new standard for American women. The girl who doesn't want anything. I want to be an actress. Oh, yeah. So you said. What's the other thing? The other thing? You said there were two things wrong with me. The other way is the way you look. What's wrong with the way I look? Well, you're just young, flat, insipid, colorless, no personality or character, nothing but beauty. Is that bad? Bad. Did you know beautiful girls have a harder time than ugly girls? Do they? Men don't marry beauty. They're afraid of it. Think it's too expensive, too troublesome. We can tone your beauty down, more like Dorothy McGuire. Scruffy shoes, moppy hair, any old rag for a dress, no makeup. A hat that's been gnawed for three days by a dog. I think maybe I have to go. But uh, what about dinner? It's getting late. Look, duckling... Don't worry about Gabriel. I talk wild, but I mean well. We'll have dinner, and then I'll put you in a taxi. No passes, no tricks at all. And you'll save the dollar you would have spent for dinner. <laughs> Eighty cents. All right. I'll stay. Uh, how are you, Gabriel? Hello, Tony. Like you to meet Bridget. Hi, Bridget. Hello. Bridget what? Just Bridget. Haven't you heard about her? Not yet, but from the look of her, I expect to. And I'll be listening. You do that. Why did you call me Bridget? Bridget's your name, that's why. I change everybody's name. Now then, Bridget, I know a guy who's trying to become a big-time model agent. Monty Emmerich. All he needs is one really standout girl. Do you follow me? I think so. Bridget. Bridget, do you approve of me? Do you like me perhaps a little? Are you having any fun? I'm having a fine time. Only... Only what? I'm hungry. Well, why didn't you say so, duckling? Let's eat. Let's eat. Mr. Gabriel's office. No, I'm sorry. Mr. Gabriel isn't in at the moment. This is his secretary. Yes, I'll have him call to Truesdale. Thank you. Morning, Sarah. Good afternoon, Mr. Gabriel. <laughs> no cracks. I overslept. Mr. Dorfield's phoned three times. Said you ducked out on his party, and will you call him right away? Remind me to phone him later. Anything else? Collier's call about that short story. And did you notice a blonde young man sitting in the outside office? He says that his father... Before I forget, phone Monty Emmerich. I found a girl I want him to look at. Fix an appointment for tomorrow. Tell him I'll bring her myself. Uh, who's the girl? Curiosity. Mm-mm. Uh, Sarah, take a letter. Dear Ben. Ben who? Ben Groats. I remember. Two years ago, he ran out on you. Remember? He didn't need an agent. After oh. I'd built him up and worked my elbows out... Wrangling that contract for his lousy book. Oh, I certainly do. Well, I just ran into him on Park Avenue. Wants me to take him back. Can't get along without me. Okay, here we go. Dear Ben, it was a pleasant surprise, underline was, to meet you again after these many months. I've been giving our conversation a little thought, and I'd be glad to discuss it further with you, except that, um, oh, scribble, 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 scribble. Uh, can I think about how busy I am, the demands on my time, scribble, scribble, scribble. You know, Sarah, make them feel good, but don't let them think that I have won any part of them. Now, um... 
What was it you said about somebody in the outer office? This young man. Says he's Nat Peck's son. Well, I didn't know old Nat had a son. Well, he could, of course, be an imposter. Calls himself Nathaniel Hawthorne Peck. Well, show him in. Yes, Mr. Gabriel. And uh, don't forget, call Marty Amherst right away about the girl. Right away, Mr. Gabriel. Will you come in, Mr. Peck? Thank you. Mr. Gabriel? That's right. I'm Nathaniel Peck. I think you know my father. Uh, everybody knows Nat Peck. Sit down. What can I do for you? Oh, frankly, sir, I'm looking for a business connection. Something in the agency line. Your name was suggested to me. Oh, your father? No. A matter of fact, Dad wanted me to come in with him. Mm, well, why don't you? He's one, he's one of the biggest literary agents in the business. Oh, I couldn't, you know. That would smack of nepotism. Well, why'd you come to me? I've heard about you, how you get around, never miss a trick. I admire that sort of thing. Between you and me, Dad's a bit on the fuddy-duddy side, but I think you've got the most up-and-coming literary agency in the business. Frankly, I'd like to be in with you. Well, I'm pretty much of a one-man organization. Well, that's exactly the point. I don't want to go with one of the big agents. It seems to me that with my talents... What talents are you referring to, Mr. Peck? Well, contact work, that sort of thing. People like me, <laughs> I'm, I'm told. I think I could bring you some new clients. You know anything about writing? Well, I turn out a short story now and then, a bit of verse, essays... And, of course, through my father, I've gotten to know most of the top writers personally. Are you married? No, sir. You have an English accent. Why is that? I was educated in England. Mr. Peck, I have an idea I might be able to use you. Yes? Only, uh... Only, uh... Let's not talk anymore today. I want to think about this. Suppose you drop back tomorrow around this same time. We'll discuss it then, right? Right ho. Exactly. <laughs> Sit down, Mr. Gabriel. Sit down. Thank you, Nat. I didn't recognize your name when you phoned. I've checked on you. You handled Drew Dorfield, right? And that bestseller of his, Tourmaline, right? I handled Dorfield and approximately 30 other authors. Of course, my little business can't compare with yours. Which... Dorfield's the only one worth the trouble. He must bring you in 20000 a year. I was trying to tempt him, Nat. Dorfield's been with me a long time. We're old friends, and he's not changing agents. <clears throat> Now, what's this you said over the telephone about my son? He wants to come in with me. Oh, wants to spend my money buying in with you, eh? Your money buying up all the nightlife in New York. I presume he's promised to hand a number of my clients over to you. Why should I want to hand any of your clients? I've got all I can handle. Well, what do you want with me? I think I understand this problem. Your son has been a problem, hasn't he? Yes. Yes, he has. Frankly... I don't want him in with me any more than you want him with you. I don't think he'll ever make an agent, but he might make a client. Client? What are you talking about? It would take a lot of work, time, and money, and I'm willing to put in the work and the time. Come to the point. Nat's a good-looking boy. On the lecture platform, he'd cut quite a figure with a women's club. He has a good voice. I believe I can make a personality out of him. What kind of a personality? I'll have to give it a little study, work out something that could bring credit to your name. And money to your pockets. We might make him as famous as Admiral Byrd or Trader Horn. Of course, you'll have to write a book. Well, the boy's done a little writing. But uh, this job would need a real expert. I'd like to borrow your man, Gregory, to do it. It'll have to be something solid. I'll furnish the ideas, tell the ghostwriter what to write. I'll also need your publicity department for the build-up and your influence to get the book published. Mr. Gabriel, I've been an agent for a good many years, but I've never tried to sell talent where talent didn't exist. How do you know your son isn't talented? Well, I... You couldn't stand in his way, would you? All he needs is a little help. You keep Gregory on your staff to help your writers polish up their stuff. What do publishers have editors for if not to help writers? Frankly, I can't see your objection. Of course, uh, I could take the boy in with me and sell him a piece of my business and make him an agent in time I could teach him all the angles. Hold on, hold on. 
I don't like your scheme, but I can't stop you from carrying it out. I can't dictate to Nathaniel either. If he wants to do this, he'll do it. But I do not want him in the literary agency business, either with me or with a competitor. Then you won't oppose me if I turn him into a personality instead of an agent. No, I won't oppose you. And you'll let me have your man, Gregory, to ghostwrite your son's book? Yes, yes, you can have him. Wonderful. Now, um, how about some lunch? I never eat in the middle of the day. Good afternoon, Mr. Gabriel. And a very good afternoon to you. So you got just what you wanted from old man Peck? Including Gregory, his top ghostwriter. I don't know how you do it. Oh, by the way, don't forget to phone Mr. Duffield. He's been calling every half hour. Any word from Hollywood about his book? Well, there's a wire from Joe Harris sitting right in front of you. Didn't see it. Well, oh. Interest in Tormeline, hot as a firecracker due to my campaign around studio, his campaign. Suggest we set asking price around 300000 and settle for two fifty. He suggests. <laughs> my efforts to sell book have caused terrific excitement. His efforts. In view of this, believe we should split 50-50. Well... I'll be a little Tommy Tittlemoss, that Santa Monica sunbather. Take a wire, Sarah. Yes, Mr. Gabriel. Mr. Joseph Harris, Hollywood. Dear Mr. Harris, get that, Sarah, mister. Book excites studios because number one bestseller needs no build-up. Stop. I have not yet and probably never will appoint a Hollywood representative for this book. Stop. I am exclusive agent and will set price when I am ready to do so. Stop. Sign it, Gabriel. You're pretty mean to him. He's helped you through some nice picture deals. Well, all right. Take out the mister. But let the wire stand it is. No, well, add one more line. Uh, what's got into you, Joe? That'll uh, that'll let him see I'm still a friend, but uh, he'd better not go too far. Well, you may need him before you're through with this deal. If Hollywood wants Dorfield's novel, every agent out there will be trying to cut you out. Maybe you better call Dorfield back. Tell him I've been uh, out of town all morning, or I would have phoned and asked him to have dinner with me tonight. And... I thought you'd be here. Uh-oh. Why wouldn't you talk to me on the phone? Dorfield? Oh, I just... I'm telling Sarah to call you, ask you to meet me for dinner. Where have you been all day? I phoned a dozen times. Oh, I had to run down to Philadelphia, a conference with the post people, only just got back. Uh, Mr. And... Gabriel, I'll send this wire. Oh. What is it, Drew? What is it? Anything wrong? I wish I knew. My nerves are shot. Been like this all week. Well, sit down, my boy. Sit down. Relax. I can't. I've got to pace. Got to work things out. The book's gotten you down, hasn't it? What are you talking about? Look. Tormaline's a bestseller, but we both know it's a potboiler. It's nothing of the sort. People like it. Sure they do. Everybody likes it but you and me and the critics. All right, all right. Drew, why don't you take a good solid year on your next book? What next book? I may never write another. There's not an idea in my head. What's really worrying you is what I just said. Tormaline's a potboiler and you don't like to admit it. Tormaline, number one bestseller. I sweat blood on that book. It's no masterpiece, maybe, but it's certainly not a potboiler. I say it is. You know so much about writing. Why aren't you an editor or a publisher? I'm an agent, if you don't mind. Why don't you write something yourself? I'll tell you why. You can't. You don't know what it takes to sit in front of a sheet of paper and make people come out of it. You haven't the foggiest idea what it takes. Maybe not. Money, but... that's all you think of. The agent Gabriel is only interested in making me go on writing so he can get his commission. That's all you care about. Hmm? Why don't you say something? Potboiler. Huh? Well, yeah, I know it is. You're the only one that tells me the truth, and I hate you for it. I hate your guts. You even steal that girl from under my nose. What'd you do with her? Grab her yourself? You mean the one at the party? Bridget? She's my client. Client, my eye. But yet saw a woman writer with that kind of looks. What's she ever written? She's not a writer. Bridget's a model. A model? <laughs> well. 
Gabriel, you're a genuine rascal. You know that, don't you? <laughs> Come on. I'll buy you a drink and tell you about Bridget. It's quite a story. I hope uh, none of my clients see me riding through Central Park in this open barouche. Moonstruck. I wanted to do this ever since I came to New York. Only I could never afford it. How long have you been in New York, Bridget? This is my second year. Do you think you're getting anywhere? My teachers at the academy say I could take a small part in a play. Only somebody would give me a small part. Bridget should never take a small part. Are you going to call me Bridget all the time? Why not? It fits you. It's a healthy name like pigtails and apple red cheeks and new moon hay. You couldn't be a star if you were Barbara Jean Mudge. But don't I need a last name? Serena doesn't. Annabella doesn't. Hildegard doesn't. Say, haven't you done something to your hair? I change it all the time. I like to be different people. What perfume do you use, duckling? Just soap. That's all. I don't like it. What was that for? That was for getting it over with. I knew I'd uh, want to kiss you sooner or later. If the subject comes up again, we're over the first hurdle, see? I see. Bridget, can you sing? What's that have to do with your kissing me? I'm in a mood to hear some singing, and I can't carry a tune myself. You sing, don't you? Not very well. But actresses often have to sing. I don't know the words to most songs. Oh, that's too bad. There's an old Christmas carol I think I could remember. Go ahead, remember. I haven't thought of it in a long time. Think of it. Not since I was a little girl. I don't know what made me think of it now. Sing it to me, Duckling. I learned it in school. My father always liked to hear me sing it. Good Lord, do I remind you of your father? Is that why you remembered it? Oh, no. My father wears glasses. He, he runs a hardware store back in Galena. Never mind about your father. What's this song of yours called? Oh, it's the Twelve Days of Christmas, I think. Go ahead, sing it. Well, it starts like this. On the first day of Christmas, my true love sent to me partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me two turtle doves and a partridge oh, in a pear tree. It's a very funny song. It's not supposed to be. Maybe it's the way I sing it. No, I like the way you sing it. Go on, sing it some more. On the third day of Christmas, my true love sent to me three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. I was wrong, duckling. It's not a funny song. It's a very sweet song. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me four calling birds, three French hens, two little doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. It's a wonderful song, and so are you. <laughs>
wants two turtle doves and a partridge. Was that you singing in here? Was I, Sarah? Well, what do you know? <laughs> well, I know something's changed you. That's what I know. Sarah, I'm humdrum this afternoon. Can't you invent something with a different flavor? This whole office is humdrum. What's the matter? I don't know, Mr. Gabriel. When's Bridget coming in? Who? Bridget, you were supposed to call her and tell her we were seeing Monty Emmerich this afternoon. Miss Mudge will be here at 4.30. <laughs> Young Mr. Peck is here now with his ghost, Mr. Gregory. They already knew each other, so I didn't have to introduce them. If Bridget comes before they leave, put her in one of the other offices. I'd rather not have her run into young Mr. Peck. Why not? Bridget is a very young girl, and I just don't like the boy's charm. You fell for it yourself. I did not. I saw you. So we'll just keep Bridget away from Prince Charming. Understand? She must be something special to get you so worked up. Oh, just an ordinary girl, Sarah. Quite ordinary. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, maybe you can tell me something. Uh, I doubt it. What happens when you take a girl like that and make her into some other kind of a girl? For instance, who would you rather be like if you were not yourself? Uh, what? I'm serious. Who would you like to be like if you, you weren't you? Well, I'm not complaining. I know that. I wouldn't have you any different, believe me. But you'd like to be different, wouldn't you? I would not. All right, so you won't play. Just tell me this. Which do I look like, Pygmalion or Svengali? Who are they, ballet dancers? As I mentioned before, it's a humdrum day. Show Mr. Peck in and his ghost. <laughs> yes, Mr. Gabriel. And keep Bridget out of that boy's way. Well, I'll try, Mr. Gabriel. Hello there, Mr. Gabriel. How are you? Uh, sorry I had to keep you waiting. Uh, there was a call from Hollywood. Sit down. Oh, how are you, Gregory? Not too bad. I can't say I wasn't impatient waiting out there, wondering what you decided about me. All right. Here's what I have decided. I'm going to take you on. You are? But not as a member of the firm. No, I'm going to make you a personality. You're going to be bigger than John Gunther. Am I? Yes, sir. We're going to do it together. You and I, and you too, Gregory. Glad to help. Gregory, I read that last job you did. General Holcomb's memoirs? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Don't you know how he did it? You caught the old boy's spirit better than he could have done it himself. Well, thanks. And you're going to do the same thing for our boy. What am I supposed to write? That's what we have to decide this afternoon. First, we'll do a magazine article, something with dynamite in it, something that we can plan in Curio magazine that'll attract all the book publishers, if it's sensational enough. I've, I've got it. Yes. We'll blast American education. You're an American who was educated both here and abroad, so apparently you'll know what you're talking about. Yes, but so far as... You'll American... blast the low-salary-paid American teachers, the standardization, the ivory-covered nonsense of our universities, and you'll praise British education. Start a first-class controversy. But I really didn't like school in England. So what? <laughs> After this magazine article, you'll do a book. You'll go on a lecture tour like Anthony Code, all those women's clubs. What do you think, Gregory? Can you do a job on this? Sure, I was in England once. Went to Shakespeare's birthplace. As your inspiration. Couldn't ask for a better inspiration than that. Well, sure. I'll write the magazine article tonight. We'll plant it in Curio magazine tomorrow, and then they'll come the headlines. Let's see. What do we call this article? Something with a wallop. Huh? How about this? The great American moron. Not bad. That's it. Every kid knows what a moron is. That's what we'll call it, boys. The great American moron. <laughs> Monty, this is Bridget. Hello, Bridget. Hello. I brought it to you as I said I would. Well, how do you like her looks? What's her last name? No last name. Why not? Showmanship, Monty. Showmanship. 
So what do I do with her? You take her on, put her through the hoops. That'll make you famous. Sit down, Bridget. You handle some classy models, Monty, but you're not in big time, right? One girl won't put me in the big time. One girl will if she's Bridget, and I'll tell you why. Don't mind this shop talk, Duckling. I'm listening. Monty, people would like to see character in their beauty, not rubber stamps, but a real human being. You're going to make Bridget a symbol of the plain Janes of America. There are millions of girls who uh, do the best they can with what they got. But she's not plain. She's a knockout. Of course she's a knockout, but she prefers to be plain. If she were really plain, we'd get nowhere. But we only say she's plain. I've already got Tony Code curious about her. We'll plant her first pictures in Life magazine. Dorfield, the novelist, will introduce her on some radio show. You'll have a ready-made celebrity on your hands, Monty. Then comes the final irresistible touch. We'll say that uh, she's reluctant to do any modeling, you see, and that'll make your customers fall over themselves to get to her. What do you say, Monty? Well, what can I lose? We'll photograph her tomorrow. I knew you'd take her on, Monty. She's okay, this girl. I like her. I like her, too. Don't tell her, Monty, but I like her a lot. I heard what you said. Never believe anything you hear, duckling, especially when you hear me say it. Then you didn't mean what you said? I meant it, all of it, but just the same. Don't you believe a word of it. From Studio One, we continue tonight's full-hour dramatic entertainment. John Garfield stars in Fletcher Markle's production of Let Me Do the Talking. All right, Sarah, this is it. The Tormaline Telegram. Send a copy to every major studio in Hollywood. Yes, Mr. Gabriel. Drew Dorfield finally agrees to following terms on number one bestseller, Tormaline. Stop. $300,000 for seven-year lease. Stop. Address all communications to Charles Gabriel, 247 Park Avenue, New York City, who is sole and exclusive agent, signed Gabriel. Be sure to send a copy of that to Joe Harris, will you? Yes, Mr. Gabriel. That'll show him. And every other agent in Hollywood who's running things. Sarah, you know what? You can't trust some of these agents. <laughs> $300,000, a lot of money. What's the matter, Dorfield? Don't you want it? Well, of course I want it. Can you get it? It may take time, but I'll get it. Meanwhile, I think I'll go up to Great Barrington for a week. Oh, you going to start on that new book? I don't know. Hope so. Well, let me know when you find out. What's on my schedule this afternoon, Sarah? Mr. Code phoned while you were out to lunch. I'll call Tony later. Oh, and here's a wire from that woman out in Colorado Springs. What woman in Colorado Springs? Ethel Folger, spelled with two Fs. The one you told her right about things she knows about. And uh, what's her trouble? Well, she says, Your encouragement has inspired me to start new novel about the Black Hills stop. We'll bring first draft to New York for your opinion and advice. Another visiting authoress who will want to see Oklahoma. Send her a wire. Uh, delighted to learn you are starting new book. Uh, scribble, scribble, scribble. Uh, you know, anything else? Mr. Peck's waiting to see you. Nathaniel? We'll send the boy in. Oh, yes, Mr. Gabriel. Come in, Mr. Peck. Thanks, Sarah. Well, Gabriel, looks like we've done it. Done what? Don't tell me you haven't seen my article in Curio magazine. Oh, that. I saw it yesterday before it hit the stand. They've even printed my picture. Mm, well, uh, that is what is known as the build-up. Uh, any reactions yet? Yes. I've been asked to speak before a class in writing at New York University. 
I'm to discuss what's wrong with American university life. That should be worth a few headlines. Somebody phoned and asked if when I told him you were. He just hung up. I think he was an agent, too. Good boy. What about your father? I saw Dad this morning. He thought the article was swell. Seemed to be very proud of his offspring, for once. All right. Now, you and Gregory want to get started on an outline for the book. Expand the magazine article. Compare British public schools with American private schools. Blast all those antiquated textbooks and... Yes, Sarah? Miss Mudge is here to see you. Oh? Oh, Bridget. Well, um... Oh, all right. Uh, send her in. Uh, one of my other clients. Uh, you don't mind. Oh, of course not. Oh, Gabriel. Come in, Doc Lane. Why didn't you tell me life's going to have my pictures today? Mm, matter of fact, I forgot. Here, just look at them. Oh, uh, this is uh, Mr. Peck, Bridget. How do you do, Bridget? Hello, Gabriel. How do you like them? Well, uh, life seems to have done all right by you. Are all these pictures of you? Three whole pages. I've had the most exciting day, Gabriel. I didn't even know my pictures were in the magazine until people at school started calling me the cliché kid. Young model demonstrates everybody's favorite clichés. Oh, these are splendid. You think so? What about you, Gabriel? What do you think? Not bad. <laughs> Look at you, duckling. Tickled pink. Pretty as a picture. Higher than a kite. I tried to reach you, Gabriel, but I kept getting so many calls at school that they finally wouldn't let me use the phone anymore. Who could? Anybody important? All kinds of people. There was one man wanted me to meet him at City Hall at 3 o'clock to get a marriage license. The usual crackpot. Somebody even phoned all the way from Oh, yes? Who? Somebody named Dow. Al Dow. He never sleeps. What'd you uh, tell him? To call you. What did he say to that? He said you're old friends. We're old enemies. He wanted to know if I was under contract to you, and I told him I wasn't under contract to anybody, and then he got excited, and he asked me to come out to Hollywood. So you told him you'd be right out, huh? Don't be silly. If it wasn't too much trouble, I'd fly out there and punch him in the nose. Well... You two, it looks as though you're on your way to fame and fortune. I certainly hope so, for both of us. Nathaniel, you'll get Gregory going on that book. We'll sell it to a publisher from the outline, and I'll come down and hear you talk this to this writing class at New York University and lay out a speaking tour for you. Well, good. Bridget, we'll see what offers start coming in as a result of this life spread. I'll get you on a radio program next week and maybe a part on a broad in a Broadway show. Oh, Gabriel, you're wonderful. Who, me? I haven't even begun to start yet. I like this place. Brings out the gypsy in me. I'm glad. Is there anything wrong? You aren't saying much tonight. Bridget, why wouldn't you go to Hollywood? And leave you? Don't be silly. So that's it. There's Mr. Code coming in. Every place we go, we run into Tony Code. Hi there. Well, young lady, I saw you in life today. Wonderful pictures. Thank you. Wonderful girl. Gabriel, I have an idea for a radio show I want to talk to you about. I phoned you at the office. I'll call you back with Gut and Bob. I'll drop by and see you one day this week. Oh, you do that. You do that. See you in the magazines, Bridget. I hope so. I like him. Tony's all right. I like you, too. Even if you are quiet tonight. I'm too happy to make any noise. don't think I've ever been as happy as this before. I want to make you happy always. Nobody's happy always. I think I am. But I'm so crazy about just being alive that sometimes I think it can't last. Sometimes I think I'm not entitled to it. Everybody's entitled to it. Haven't you read the Constitution? Only there are ten million different ways to be happy. I like it this way. I like it, too. Another daiquiri? Not just now. Gabriel, is something bothering you? No. 
I never knew you to be like this before. I've been trying to decide something with her. About what? About, about you. I don't know what to do about you. I want to help. Bridget, I'm very fond of you. I love you, Gabriel. Not so fast. Why not? Well, it's, it's not supposed to be done so quickly. Oh. I love you too, but that's different. I don't think you ought to love me. You see, my whole life, my business, my habits, everything everything's against marriage for me. You ought to fall in love with somebody who's married. What was that for? For you. I thought you didn't like to kiss in public. I don't. Anybody but you. I see what you mean. Look. How about coming up to my place after dinner? Your place? I've often wondered where you live. I have a suite in a hotel across from the office. I have some wonderful records. What kind of records? My favorites are the three Bs. What are they? Beethoven, Brahms, and Bridget. All right. After dinner, we'll listen to music. That's my girl. Flush doorman and everything. Nothing but the best. Let's stop at the desk and see if I have any messages. Good evening, Mr. Gabriel. Oh, hello, Eddie. Got anything for me? Yes, your secretary's been calling all evening. Oh, Sarah? She's on the line now. I'll take it in the booth. Yes, Mr. Gabriel. This doesn't sound so good. What doesn't? Well, something's up. Sarah's going to stood at the office at uh, this hour. No music tonight? Wait till I talk to Sarah, see what's up. Here we are. Hello? Mr. Gabriel? Sarah, what is it? I've been trying to reach you all over town. I know, I know. Everything happened the minute you left. All right, let's have it. Well, first of all, Nat Peck wants you to meet him for lunch tomorrow. The man who never eats in the middle of the day? Well, he seems mighty anxious to eat tomorrow. Mm. I'm to let him know if you make it. Sure, I'll have lunch with him. What else? Norman Dyke called from Hollywood. He says he's walking out on his contract unless the studio makes him a full producer. I'll phone him in the morning, is it all? No, no, and this is the most important. Drew Dorfield's been calling every half hour. Has to talk with you tonight. I thought he was up in the country working on his new book. Well, he's here. He's been locked up all afternoon with some big shot over at Imperial Pictures. What? They've made Dorfield some sort of an offer for Tourmaline. Dorfield can't sell his book without me. He's waiting at his studio to hear from you. I'll go right up there, right away. Anything else? Oh, there's a lot of other stuff, but nothing that won't keep until morning. Thanks, Sarah. Good night. Good night. Well? You heard? I heard. No music tonight. No music. Maybe some other time. Maybe. But how did they get a hold of you, Drew? I thought you were in the Berkshires. Well, I came back this morning. Uh, ran into Carter, 21. He's Imperial's Eastern story editor. Had lunch with him. And after lunch, he casually said, let's drop up to the projection room and look at one of our new films. How'd you know? How did I know, yes. I know this routine backwards. When the lights go up, there was this butterball sitting alongside you. Carter introduced you to him, vice president, ace of Imperial Pictures. Well, before I knew it, I was in the guy's private office. That beautiful pickled oak office with Mr. Ace sitting in the center. Well, what'd you promise? Nothing, Gabriel, not a thing. I told him you were my agent and he'd have to call you. He wouldn't do it. But he offered me $100,000 for the book. Peanuts. Did you tell him that asking 300000 We said we'll never get it. Sure, we'll get it. 
We said um, his was the only company that would make an offer that none of the others has. Yes, is that right? It's too soon. I only fixed the price yesterday. Come on, what else did he say? Well, he raised his offer to uh, 110000 so I wouldn't have to take your 10% on it. Why, that dirty, filthy... Ace, um, uh, just a minute. Ace says uh, they won't pay a penny more. We'll see about that. Where'd you leave it? Well, when Ace found I wouldn't commit myself, he agreed to see you and discuss it further. Mm-hmm. He'll be in his office tomorrow morning at 10.30. And I'll drop in to see him at 11.30. That ought to show him. Hello, Ace. Come in, Gabriel. Come in. You know why I'm here. Yes, and I'll come right to the point. How much do you want? Why did you go behind my back yesterday? Sit down, Gabriel. What are you talking about? You know very well I'm the sole agent on Tremoline, and Drew Dorfield can't make a deal without me. Your company received a telegram from me naming our price, and that's still our price. Oh, you agents, you're all alike. It's a free country. Why shouldn't I talk to Dorfield? You want to sell Tremoline, or don't you? What are you offering? Me? I'm not offering anything. What do you really want for this book? $300,000. I told Dorfield yesterday, and I'll tell you now. We'll give you $100,000 and throw in an extra ten for your commission. That's tops. If you don't want it, we're wasting time. Well, I'd better be running on. What? I've got a luncheon date with Nat Peck. The old boy doesn't eat in the middle of the day, but once every five years. And I, and I, I wouldn't want to keep him waiting. Now, look here, Gabriel. $300,000. $200,000. $200,000. That's as high as we'll go. I'll have to think about it. $200,000, and that's final. I'll let you know. When? After I've heard from Paramount, MGM, and a couple of the others. Now then, Mr. Gabriel, what would you like? Cocktail first? Scotch and soda, Nat. I never take anything until later in the day myself. The waiter will be here in a moment. I hear you're asking 300000 from the picture people for the Dorfield book. That's right, Nat. Think you'll get it? I just had an offer of 200000 from Mace at Imperial Pictures. You taking it? Not yet. What did you think of your son's magazine article? Boy, he has a lot to learn, but it did him no harm. It was brash, but magazines ought to be brash once in a while. Stirs things up, gets people talking. Frankly, Gabriel, I never realized that the money I spent on Nathaniel's education would ever show a return. I want to thank you for that. You were quite right about him. He and Gregory are out a book. I think I'm going to be able to place it with George Dickery's firm. Excellent. Gabriel, I've been doing some checking up on you. I thought you would be. I find you run your office with an extremely small overhead. Well, yes, compared to your outfit. You handle 30, 35 clients, and yet you have a staff of only three people. Secretary, one reader, and one legal assistant. There's something on your mind, Nat. Why this questionnaire? I'm getting old, but I don't want my agency to get old. I've got some good people on my staff, but I've got an idea that times are changing. They always are. And I need someone who can change with them. I need a new spark plug, and I like the way you work. I like the way you brought out Nathaniel's ability. I'm kind of proud of myself of the way your boy came through. I like the way you're selling Dorfield's novel to Hollywood. It all convinces me that you're the man I need. If you're interested, of course. Mm, A year ago, I might have been. Then you're not interested now? No, sorry. That's what I like about you. Never any indecision. Well, Gabriel, my offer stands if you change your mind. Now then, where's our lunch? We haven't ordered yet. (laughs) That's right, we haven't. So I got Mr. Ace to raise 
Case is offered to 200000 Ah, my favorite agent is Agent Gabriel. <laughs> That's more than I've ever gotten for any of my books. When do we sign contract? You don't. Not yet. Well, why not? We're waiting for a better offer. Better offer? Are you crazy? We're going to get 300000 if I have to fly out to Hollywood. Oh, but Ace said we'd never get that much. Ace said you'd only get 110000 But he'd already offered more than that himself. Let me handle this deal my way, and I promise you we'll get 300000 Well, I hope you know what you're doing. I hope so, too. Sarah, this has been a wonderful day. Yes, I know. You were wearing your pork pie hat when you came in. <laughs> I've set Bridget on a big radio show next week. And by the way, phone her and tell her I must have, uh, must have dinner and see her tonight. Yes, Mr. Gabriel. Uh, what else happened today? Old Nat Peck offered to take me in with him. You going to do it? What do you think? I'm flying too high on my own. This afternoon, George Dickery agreed to publish Nathaniel's book, and Imperial Pictures have offered 200000 for Duffield's book. Well, it has been quite a day. And it's not over yet, Sarah. There's more to come. You won't forget to phone Bridget, will you? No, Mr. Gabriel, I'll phone her right away. Tell her to meet me for dinner. The usual place? The usual place. Duckling, I've... Got so much I want to tell you. And there's something I want to tell you, too. Yes? What's that? I don't like it, Gabriel. Don't like what? Any of it. Posing and publicity, all of it. What's this? I hate my pictures in all those magazines. I hate people staring at me. Please get me out of it, Gabriel. Please. I don't want to be a model. I just want to be me. But you once told me you like to be different people. We had a great plan, remember? I was to make you into the girl you... Who, well, who didn't want anything. I guess maybe I already was the girl who didn't want anything. This suits me perfectly. I'll cancel everything. Photographs, publicity, radio show. It suits me just fine. Then you... You aren't angry? Angry? Darling, I'm the happiest man in this big city. I told Sarah this has been a wonderful day, and it wasn't over yet, and I was right. Oh, I'm so glad you aren't angry. Look, duckling, there was a special reason why I had to see you tonight. Was there? I, um, I've, I've changed my mind about marriage. Oh. Uh, from what to what? From con to pro. I'm no longer against it. I've decided it has advantages. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Oh, I'm serious. You and I are going to get married. Oh, Gabriel. Well, don't tell me you're surprised. Well, yes, I am. I... Gabriel, you see something? I should have realized how it was weeks ago. Yes, you should have, Gabriel. I must have been out of my head when I told you I didn't want marriage. I never had wanted it until... Until now, the truth is I need you, Bridget. I find myself during the day thinking of how I, I meet Bridget for dinner. I need you, darling. I'm no good without you. What made you change your mind? You. You've got everything I like, everything. I want time with you, Bridget. Lots of time. We've never really been together. There have always been interruptions. Here's Nathaniel. Yeah, see what I mean? I thought Nathaniel, Nathaniel was... 
talking to some woman's club up in Westchester. No, I, I asked him to meet us here when he was through. I, I hope you don't mind. I do mind. I mind very much. Hi, Gabriel. Go away, boy. Go away. Go write a book. Well, how's my Bridgie? Who's Bridgie? Uh, Bridget. I call her Bridgie. Aren't we cute? Well, you two ordered dinner? No, you're just in time. Pull up a menu and sit down. Thanks. I stopped in at the apartment for a clean shirt. Dad said he had a talk with you this afternoon, Gabriel. That's right. You say anything nice about me? Nothing that you don't know already. He had a client of yours at the apartment. Client? What client? Mr. Dorfield. Dorfield? What was he doing there? I don't know. Something about his book. Selling it to Hollywood. Well, I'll be a... So Nat Peck's getting in on this. You can't trust anybody. If he thinks he's going to horn in... Hi, Gabriel. How's my fat? Go away, Tony. I'm in a bad mood tonight. Go oh, away. Oh, sorry, old boy. Dreadfully sorry. How's little Bridget? Oh, I'm... I'm fine, thanks. You're Anson Toad, aren't you? That's right. My name's Peck, Nathaniel Peck. I know who you are. Gabriel, didn't you say something yesterday about Mr. Code writing a foreword to my book? Oh, it was just an idea. I'm doing an expose of American education, you know. Eh, that should be good. I've never written it before. Well, don't. Mr. Code, if I write a book, would you do a foreword to it? I'd do anything for you, baby, but I wouldn't write a semicolon for your boyfriend, Peck. What's the matter with you, Tony? Gabriel... I'm beginning to think you can't see very well, especially if something's right onto your nose. What kind of a crack is that? Am I to understand, Mr. Code, that you won't do the foreword to my... Yes, and you can understand this, too. Lay off Gabriel's girl. What are you talking about? Yes, what? Gabriel's a pal of mine, the best pal I've got. I'm sure he is. Matter of fact, they have a good mind to push your face in. Yes? You and who else? Me and nobody else. Like this. Butler said you were here. I'm sorry to bother you in the middle of the night, but I had to talk to you. Mm. Changed your mind about my offer? No. It's something else. Well, sit down, sit down. I'd rather stand. Then I'll sit down. Hey, what's on your mind? Dorfield. I just left your son. Nathaniel mentioned that Dorfield was here with you this evening. That's right. Why? You don't trust me, do you? Or Dorfield either, huh? Dorfield's my client, and you're an agent. I think I've got a right to know what's going on. Certainly, my boy, but you ought to know me better than to think I'm doing anything behind your back. As for Dorfield, well, you'll have to handle him yourself. I'm listening. It's very simple. Dorfield called me after dinner, asked to see me. We have mutual friends. I tried to reach you, but couldn't. Hmm. Well, what did he want? Advice, chiefly. He was very upset because he thought you'd botched the movie deal on his book. He proposed that I try to get him a better offer. Why, that dirty conniving Now, little... now, now, don't judge him too harshly. He felt you weren't getting enough money for him, that you'd never get 300000 I'm still listening. I told him I wouldn't touch him with a nine-foot pole. I told him he was lucky to get even 200000 for such tripe and that you were doing a fine job. Yes? I told him he was being a spoiled and stubborn child, that agent jumping is highly dishonorable, and I, for one, would not be a party to it. I... Think you behave now? Well, how can I thank you, Nat? I don't want any thanks. Just remember to keep my offer in mind. I'll do that. Well, going to the wedding tomorrow? What wedding? My son's getting married. Didn't Nathaniel tell you? Well, no. Well, he must have slipped his mind. Who's he marrying? I believe the young lady is a client of yours. Charming girl calls herself Bridget. Bridget? Yes, charming girl. Bridget? Bridget's marrying your son? 
Tomorrow afternoon at City Hall. They got the license several days ago. They did? I, uh... I'm going now. Good night, Nat. Good night, boy. Thanks. Thanks for everything. I think I like the headline best. Writer Socks Writer, Anthony Code Fights for Girl in Nightclub. I've seen them all. Nice publicity. The Tribune was the only one that printed your name, and they buried it at the bottom of the story. That's where it ought to be. Sarah, send some flowers to Bridget. Roses. Lots of roses. Oh, you think maybe that'll make her feel better? I guess she feels pretty good. She's getting married this afternoon. Why, Mr. Gabriel, congratulations. Not me, Sarah. She's marrying Nathaniel Hawthorne Peck. Oh, the poor girl. What do you mean, the poor girl? She'll be happy. She's in love with him. So is he. You send the roses and no cracks. Yes, Mr. Gabriel. Now, what's on the schedule for today? Well, there's another wire from Norman Dyke. Mm -hmm. He says unless you talk to his studio, he's walking out. I wish I could get out there. I'd work out a new contract from Sell the Dorfield book and tend to a lot of other stuff. And uh, Miss Folger is waiting to see you. Who's Miss Folger? Remember? Spelled with two F's from Colorado Springs. She's brought the outline of her novel to discuss with you. You mean she's here? <laughs> Sitting outside, big as life. And if she wants me to take her to see Oklahoma, I'll... Oh, all right. I'll show her in. Yes, Mr. Gabriel. Come in, Miss Folger. Mr. Gabriel, after all these months, we finally meet. This is a very great pleasure indeed, Miss Folger. I'll be in New York for two weeks, and I hope to see a great deal of you, Mr. Gabriel. Excellent. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm staying at your hotel. What? I had no idea till the bellboy told me. A most happy coincidence. I asked him how to find your office, and he said you lived there. I'll try to make your stay in New York as pleasant as possible. Is oh. there anything special you'd like to do? Well, yes. There's one thing, Mr. Gabriel. I'd adore seeing that musical I've heard so much about. Oklahoma. I knew you wouldn't. Did you really? How clever of you. I'll see what I can do about tickets. Suppose we have dinner together tonight and talk about your book. Wonderful. Someplace quiet. Just the two of us. Yeah, just the two of us. Here, let me open the door for you. Thank you. I understand your new book's about the Black Hills. Yes. Life and love in the old west. Seen through the eyes of a tiny child. Well, that should be different. Uh, what are you calling it? You won't laugh. I haven't laughed all day. Well, I'm taking my title from an old Christmas carol. You've probably never even heard of it. That's very likely. I'm calling my book A Partridge in a Pear Tree. Three French horns, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Why, you know it. Yes, Miss Holger, I know it. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. Now, you hurry back to the hotel and dress for dinner. I'll pick you up there at seven. Oh, that's wonderful, Mr. Gabriel. I'm looking forward to this, my first night in New York. You and Oklahoma. I'll see you at seven. Sarah, come in here. Yes, Mr. Gabriel? Anything wrong? Get me a seat on the next plane for California. <laughs> what? 
Phone Dorfield. Tell him I'm flying to Hollywood to sell his big book. Wire Norman Dyke. Tell him I'm coming out to fix his contract. Oh, yes, Mr. Gabriel. And don't get those roses for, for, for Bridget. No, Mr. Gabriel. Put a card in with them. All good wishes. Uh, scribble, 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 you know, et cetera. You know what to say. How long will you stay out on the coast? I don't know. Maybe a month. Well, what about Miss Folger? Didn't you tell her you'd have dinner with her? Phone her at the hotel after I've left. Tell her I was called out of town. Tell her, tell her I've gone to Oklahoma. From Studio One, you have just heard John Garfield in Fletcher Markle's production of Let Me Do the Talking by Richard Meelan. Another full-hour dramatic entertainment from radio's most celebrated playhouse. Tonight's script was especially prepared for this series by Vincent McConnor. The original musical score was composed and conducted by Alexander Semler. And now, again, Mr. Markle. May a producer present the principals in our cast tonight. In the foreground... Charles Gabriel. ...was played, of course, by Mr. Garfield. Adding another exciting performance to his current film hits, Body and Soul and Gentleman's Agreement. Bridget? Was played by Mercedes McCambridge. Daniel? Was Hedley Rennie. Drew Dorfield? Was Raymond Edward Johnson? Sarah? Was Hester Sondergaard? Matt Peck? Was Robert Dryden. Grace Coppin played Ethel Folger, and Gregory Morton was Anthony Code. Actively assisting were Louis Quinn, John Merlin, Barney Franks, and William Keane. Next week from Studio One, a romantic story about a fellow citizen, if not a fellow tradesman, of tonight's Charles Gabriel. His name is Toby McLean. He's a sports writer, and he's familiarly known as a young man of Manhattan, which is the title of the wonderful book Catherine Brush wrote about him many years ago. To bring Toby McLean to life for you next week, we have as a visiting player a young man of Hollywood, who is currently demonstrating impressive talents in motion picture crossfire, Mr. Robert Mitchum. I hope you'll be with us. Until then, until next week, and Robert Mitchum and Young Man of Manhattan, this is Fletcher Markle with a good night and thank you from all of us in Studio One. Broadcasting system.